0: Welcome back to Objection to the Rule, live on Radio Free Brooklyn. And what many in the White House and what many pundits are calling the biggest move yet by President Trump and the GOP-led Congress, a set of tax reforms were passed in December, and a lot of people have opinions. The changes had many effects that will take effect when taxes are filed next year for 2018 and 2019. But because of an executive order by Governor Andrew Cuomo here in the state of New York, a lot of people were rushing to their local tax offices to pay their property taxes ahead of time. We know now that there's going to be a $10,000 cap on how much you can deduct from your state and local taxes. So let's first listen to an interview from Governor Andrew Cuomo after he signed that order that was on CNN's New Day.
1: Let's talk about this tax confusion with New York's Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo. He signed an executive order last week allowing residents in his state to prepay their property taxes before the end of the year. Good morning, Governor. Governor.
2: Good morning. Good to be with you, Allison.
1: Great to have you, Governor. Why are you allowing New Yorkers to pay their 2018 tax bill early?
2: Uh, well, look, uh, as, as you said in the previous piece, this bill was rushed through Congress and the Senate. Uh, it is a bait and switch. They sold it as we're going to help the middle class. It wound up being a benefit for the rich and the rich corporations, Uh, They hope the rich corporations will then give it to the workers as a matter of their largesse. Uh, But if they actually wanted to raise wages for workers, they would have said in the bill, the corporation is going to get a tax cut, but they must give it to the workers. So it was all a bait and switch. It's all a, a marketing ploy. One of the really devilish things in the bill is they then... Eliminate the deductibility of state and local taxes, which sounds like a mouthful. But what it says is, up until now, over 100 years, you paid a state tax, you paid a local tax, you deducted that from your federal tax. They're eliminating that. So you are now paying two taxes. You pay a tax to the state or a tax to the local government, and then the federal government taxes that tax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens call- to occur, coincidentally, on only blue states. And that's all right? what I want to ask only you about, democratic yes. states. because, people.
1: Governor, you've called this an economic civil war, and I know that's what you're touching on. So what are you trying to say?
2: They, the Senate, has no senators from democratic states, blue states. This tax provision hits the blue states by eliminating the state and local tax deductibility and uses that money to finance the tax cut in the red states. So this it, is the most partisan, divisive legislation we've seen.
1: So it's payback, you think, for the blue states not voting for the president?
2: Look, there's always politics in crafting of legislation. But this was an egregious, obnoxious... What the Senate was saying is because we have no senators from the blue states, we don't care, so let's pillage the blue to give to the red. That's never been done in this nation before. That's partisan politicking over any semblance of good government. And by the way, you want to hurt New York? You want to hurt California? They're the economic engines. How are you going to grow the economy after you put a dagger in the heart of New York and California? It's all politics all the time.
1: So how does New York fight back? What do you plan to do about this?
2: Uh, Well, they are challenging our structure of our tax code. Um, we're We're going to propose a restructuring of our tax code. I'm not even sure what they did is legal and constitutional, and that's something we're looking at now.
1: What does that mean? Uh, Why wouldn't it be legal to change the tax code?
2: You can change the tax code. You can't penalize my state because of its political affiliation. Uh, There's never been a double taxation before in the history of the nation. Uh, So there are legitimate grounds. Uh, And now if they own the courts, it might be harder. And ultimately, Allison, look, there's democracy. And people know what happens. Look at your pieces. You have thousands of people lining up uh, on a holiday weekend to prepay their taxes. Do you think they're going to forget? Do you think they don't understand what has happened here? They know exactly what has happened. And they're going to remember because you're hurting them right in their pocketbook. Uh, and, uh, democracy ultimately works and maybe it worked for the Senate because they don't have any Democrats, uh, democratic senators in these States, uh, which is the, which is the epitome of, uh, political arrogance, Mm -hmm. but there were Republican congressmen. There's a Republican president who has to run in these States and these people are not going to forget.
1: Okay. Governor Andrew Cuomo. Great to see you. Happy New
2: Year. If if I might add, Allison, this this show has been especially good over the past few days. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's a, a lightness and a joy to it that really is remarkable.
1: Wow, thank you for that. I don't know what it is either, Governor, but I knew you were going to get in a comment about the missing Cuomo brother.
0: That was Governor Andrew Cuomo on CNN's The New Day talking about the tax reform law that has been signed and the effects on New York State and his thoughts that it was purely partisan politics. What do you think about that assessment?
3: Well, <laughs> he, he kinda, he, he's a little on point there. I mean, <laughs> you know, he bro- I like that he broke it down and said, okay, this is why I felt like I had to do this to allow people to prepay. And he broke it down, he, he made some um, solid points, like you know, you this that this is kind of this is unprecedented. This is one of the, one of the ways in which this tax bill, how not just what's in it, but how and was passed, when it was passed, like when during the calendar year, how it, how it's unprecedented in a lot of ways and not in a good way, and how and he broke it down. He he demonstrated one way, one very big way in which it really negatively impacts so many people at large, but also any, he he pointed to things like, listen, you know, not, not that people in, you know, uh, say in Idaho are any less important than someone who lives in, you know, Sacramento, but there are certain states, if you want to talk about the economy, you have to look at, at, you know, where you have population density and also where you have, where, where the economy, where the economics are happening. You know, it's at any, you're basically doing something that's detrimental to, when when you single out certain states, which in itself is wrong, but you you how how on a large in another way, this is going to hurt the economy. A lot of people say, "Oh, this is bad for the economy." This is good because of that, but it's like, no, you're actually penalizing states with robust with robust economies <laughs> by doing this. So I think he made some point points that were good and that we haven't heard enough of enough about on this.
0: Well, one of the things about right. Governor Cuomo is, he, you know, in a lot of recent talks, he's talked about the divisive partisan politics. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of his phrases that he's been using about the situation in Washington and how, you know, governments across the country are kind of playing into this red state, blue state dynamic. And, you know, what is the fallout of this? What is the result? We have tax plans like this that don't have a lot of support popularly, but manage to get through legislature. What did you think, Violet?
4: I think... I think if he's... uh, If he's right about people remembering how things used to be and uh, not willing to stand for it, then we could have some actual uh, fallback for the... um, for the, uh, you know, sudden overnight uh, tax revolution that the... um, that... uh, you know, Republican legislators tried to put in place. But I'm I'm not sure people are going to be as angry as he's counting on. I don't know. I think, like, I think status quo is still very powerful, even with such a change like the tax code.
0: Let's talk a little bit. Or go ahead, Rosie.
5: Oh, I don't, you know, the thing about the tax bill is it's so chaotic because they're writing down something else and they're saying a whole different oral narrative. And so it's very hard And I noticed this when Bernie Sanders was drilling them. They're like, oh, we're going to give to the people who need it the most, yet they're going to yank all these other programs from them. And so there's a lot of dishonesty about it. So,
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are going to be in this plan. There are a lot of effects to individuals and families and also businesses that will mostly take effect for tax year 2018, which means when we file after in 2019. So... The tax brackets are gonna change. We talked about that earlier in the show um, last year. We knew that there was gonna be some sort of change, but we didn't know exactly what that change would be. There are going to be the same amount of brackets, but we know that there's gonna be about a two to four percent change in the actual percentage of deduction or the percentage of of taxation. So, you know, each bracket is gonna have a different percentage of taxation, which could be two to four percentage points lower than it was under the previous tax regulations. Um, we could also see additional, or I'm sorry, we could see a reduction in withholding according to the IRS as early as February. The standard deduction is going to increase to $12,000 for single filers and $24,000 for filers that are married filing jointly. What that means is that people, if they want to itemize, have to meet a higher threshold in order to do so. So before with the standard deduction, if you were over, I think it was $7,400, $7, dollars then you could itemize and reap more benefits. But now you have to meet this $12,000 cap if you're a single filer, which could affect a lot of people. Um, As Cuomo mentioned, the uh, SALT deduction, which is the deduction of state and local taxes, there's now a cap of $10,000. So if you're in a state where you pay high state and local taxes, high property taxes, when I was talking to people about this story in Orange County, people were paying, you know, several thousands of dollars in property taxes. So you won't be able to deduct anything above $10,000. That's going to have an impact on people you know, and and probably people that you know earn more because they have more property. If you have large amounts of property or multiple properties, you're going to pay more in taxes. Um, it doesn't affect your school district taxes. You won't. I don't think there's any effect there. But this is specifically your your local taxes that you're going to have to. You know, there's going to be a cap on. Um, the individual mandate is going to go away for the Affordable Care Act. So in 2018, you won't have to pay a penalty if you did not opt to have insurance if you have you filing your 2019 taxes if you didn't pay for insurance in 2018 you're not going to be penalized you still will be penalized in april so keep that in mind and then as far as corporations go there are a few changes to corporations um but the biggest one is that the corporate tax rate is going to be reduced to 21 percent and then companies that have offshore profits those offshore proper, profits are no longer going to be taxed by the u.s government which that's that's huge um that 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 could raise the coffers for a lot of companies who are multinational. Um, one thing that the nonpartisan Joint Commission on taxes says is that this plan will increase the deficit by one point five trillion dollars. And that could be even higher depending on how some of these deductions play out. So, taking all that in consideration, what are your thoughts on this tax reform?
5: I don't know what it's heads. reforming.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I,
3: it, it's a tax bill. It, there are changes. I'm not sure what, what reforms. I'm not hearing reforms here. That's I, interesting I'm because in, that.
0: in writing the script, I'm like, I don't know that reform is the right word, but that's what we're calling it. That's right. what it's so being it is called. A, it, it's, and from some, p- some perspectives, I think it is a reform. It is a shift. It is a change, but, These tax changes that have been implemented into law, I guess, would be more accurate.
3: Yeah, I'm not see. I yeah, because we're 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 seeing things that penalize even not necessarily the just the poor, but maybe your middle or yeah, uh,
4: even upper uh, middle class. Upper middle
3: class, as if you own any kind of property, Mm -hmm. you're kind of screwed unless you live in a state with low property taxes. Mm-hmm. And if your property taxes are low, it means you're, there's less being paid into the educational systems and other and, and social services and things like that. So already, the, the quality, it's different where you are. Um, mm-hmm. People, a lot of times, are like, yeah, my ta- property taxes are high. People will move to the expensive neighborhood because the public school is fantastic. Yeah. So this is going to affect like, families. Yeah. you know kids so this is going to affect the quality of education um and i'm also hearing things like like it's it's really going to screw any it and but then you know these multinational corporations they're not paying a whole like of tax this if this doesn't demonstrate how the super super rich i don't mean even the wealthy these the uber wealthy benefit and everyone else is kind of screwed well, you can talk I don't, about uh, you that you uh... know the property tax thing alone is <laughs> that
0: the, the comment or the quote that I think it was the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post said about President Trump allegedly going into Mar a Lago and talking about how he made all of his friends rich. um, You know, that's what a lot of people feel about this bill is that it affects positively now, corporations. Donald Trump the isn't even wealthy. that
3: rich. He's <laughs> so rich that he, I mean, Mar a Lago's this state, but yeah, this is the other thing. You know, there's this mythology of the president that he, he is he is not as wealthy as he he is at mm. one point in his life. He may have been. Um, he's not worth as much as as he kind of masks himself to be. So someone like him in terms of actual wealth doesn't do as well as say the Koch brothers, you know, the Koch brothers are golden. Um, so just to put it in perspective, you know,
5: I think fundamentally one of the deepest, most disturbing parts of the tax reform is tax on taxes. I mean, that's something we haven't seen. I have never heard of. I'm sure it's existed in the past. But tax on your property tax. Tax on your state and local taxes. It's absurd. Tax on tax. I don't even know if that's even legal. Mm
0: -hmm. And that was the point of Governor Cuomo.
5: Right. We're going to tax
3: your taxes. But then we're going to cut the taxes for, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's that, that that's, that's the most egregious part. We're going to tax taxes. It's,
0: well, and that idea that some of these the things that, that have been painted as deductions or that it's going to save people money, a lot of analysts are saying in the long run it may actually cost money. Not only will it cost the government money, but it'll cost individual filers money.
4: Right. Right. I guess my question is just, Will this be too much for people to swallow? Like, will people come up against this or is everyone going to deal with this and say this is codified into law now and there's not much we can do, you know, and the legislators will try it, work against it. Is this going to be something that we as an American people aren't going to stand for or is it just something that's now part of our system?
0: That was one of those things that we talk about. What is the line? Where is the line? Go ahead, Rosie
5: i don 't know is I think what needs to happen is I think all the legislators that are against this bill need to instruct the American people on what their options are to fight this because I think because it has passed, people have kind of just thrown their arms up in a surrender and accepted it because it 's already been passed, and I think they that um, that it's the responsibility of our legislators to give us agency and say. If you hate this, if you disagree with this, you can do the following things. And I feel like that has not been conveyed at all. Like, what can we really do about it except for shout and protest in the street? What are our available options to, uh, to be effective in our opposition?
0: Well, and I think that's an important point that, you know, our participation in the process we do have to understand though that this 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 passed this passed through the legislature. the people that are representing the constituents across this country passed it by a majority now it was it was not there were not very many democrats that i don't think any democrats in the senate and i don't think there were any in the house as well um but it passed with that majority so it's about you're right it's about these changes and if if people don't like how their representatives voted, then in 2018, now that we're here, we have something that we can do in November.
5: I feel like our administration, though, has proven that laws, they mean nothing. Mm -hmm. That You could have a law passed last year and you can throw it out a few months later. I think they've proven that, that you can circumvent the law, disrespect the law, and I don't really see it in the same terms.
4: But does that work the other way with this tax bill? Then
5: I, I would hope so,
3: um, yeah. without disrespecting the process or or the process of law. Yeah, we there's no reason if they if and and I, why we can't apply that kind of thinking to us. But, but on another note, um, it, it just I, it, the 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 party, the Republican Party, just I think pass is so desperate to be seen to be. Doing something because the presidents likes to talk about getting things done. They've kind of absorbed this. They're just, it's so uh, anxious to look as if they are productive that they hastily passed this re- absurd piece of legislation. Um, and I think the only reason it passed, oh, not the only reason, but one factor is that people, it's like, we, we got to look like we got something done, you know?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we have to leave it there. We're going to talk more about this tax bill, I'm sure, because the effects are going to be long lasting and we'll, we'll continue to break it down on this show. But before that, we want to hear from the people. And we went out on the street to talk to some people about this tax bill to share their thoughts. So let's take a listen.
6: What do I think of the tax bill? Uh, it's government of the rich, by the rich, for the rich. It's, it's just despicable. So it's basically a giant scam, and I don't like the way there's language snuck in there that sort of disenfranchises women and minority groups and basically just is only favoring the 1% and big corporations. And I especially don't like how it affects nonprofit organizations. I feel like that's a real travesty.
0: The tax bill is not just a bad bill. It's really offensive. It's really a sort of deeply new and troubling moment in our faltering democracy in which um, not only are sort of crazy ideas that are bad for basically everyone except uh, the richest of the rich and the biggest of corporations are put forward, but um, you can really see whatever resistance uh, is in place on Capitol Hill um. Not even really trying.
6: The only thing I understand about the tax bill is that we're being robbed and that little kids are no longer going to be covered in health care and that none of the Republicans who voted for it even read it. So that is enough for me to be like, that's bullshit.
0: Now, coming up next, we'll put 2017 to bed and talk about our biggest stories from last year and how they might continue to play out in 2018. And we're also going to now hear from some people from what they think about what 2018 has to bring. Hopefully it'll be a more positive year, I'm sure. Everybody in the room is hoping that. And we're going to listen to a bit of Tin Volva. That's coming up next on Objection to the Rule. In 2018, I hope we get rid of the fascists wholesale. And I think that includes everyone in the GOP and all of the sort of um, Vichy Democrats who've done nothing useful in the last year to stop the fascists. So... You know what I'd like to see in 2018? The Democratic Socialists of America basically take over the machinery
2: of the DNC. I want the Democrats to take back the Senate in November. In
6: 2018, I hope men continue to cower and shrink away from the evil, masculine, patriarchal image of themselves that they were taught to think is fashionable or I don't even know why they do it. And they think a little deeper about just. How they act and how their actions impact women every day? Um, in 2018, I think I would like to see people taking more political action, more social justice action. I would like to see more people getting involved and I'd love to see us have midterm elections that favor more progressive candidates and hopefully get some people in Washington who can really fight some of the, some of the terrible legislation that's being passed and fight for more equality and more, just more progressive action. Why I want since 2018 is, uh, you know, less violence and people always coming together more. I uh, feel like society is separated right now, so stop the violence and the more everyone's just being together. In 2018, I want to see better health care. I want Trump to be a nicer person. <laughs>
0: Back to objection to the rule that was Tin Volva. I'm so sad we didn't get to see them in concert, but I think they have another concert coming up here in the next couple weeks, and hopefully we'll be able to get them on a showcase coming soon. So 2017 was a year. It, it was a year. I don't know. Some people think good, some people think bad. It, it, it was a year. It happened. It's it's now in the past, and there was a lot of news that we talked about that really kind of changed the social consciousness, changed how we talk about things. So I want to take a couple of minutes. We only have about five minutes left to go around and talk about what you think the biggest story was. Um, So let's start with my left pilot. What do you think the biggest story of 2017
4: was? Uh, I'll say like the subversion of democracy, just, you know, what the people care about, what the people vote for doesn't necessarily predict what's going to happen in politics.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Rosie.
4: (laughs) I think um,
5: civic participation because I think just to piggyback on what Violet just said is that there are so many important issues that have happened this year uh, with the Robert Mueller investigation, with Me Too. And I think that uh, the biggest thing is that uh, Americans are becoming more conscious as a, a group politically. I, I think
3: it's a tie between those two things.
5: I <laughs> know the... The the uh,
3: systematic subversion of government and and process and you know and but the the resistance movement is the biggest story also because there are people who you never uh, it's it's we realize politics is a symptom of what's happening in the White House is a symptom of a larger problem for us socially culturally and the resistance movement um, which is not. It, 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 you can get exhausted you know there's exhaustion because it's like every week there's something else going on but um but it's it hasn't broken yet you know we're we're all still here and uh yeah this 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 shift in our both both are uh, yeah the resistance movement because there's you know we're we're not letting it go <laughs> we're not gonna
0: let it go i think for me it was really the 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 information and how we not only find and seek information, but the war between, you know, quote unquote real news and quote unquote fake news and how there are these, you know, it seems like the media and news organizations are pitted against government trying to report stories and trying to find out information that is true to reports of the public and not knowing where, the line between truth and fiction or truth and alternative facts is, you know, we talked about uh, alternative facts that coined term by Kelly and Conway um, early on. And I think that's still a notion that we're trying to deal with. We are getting information from our government and we're trying to parse it. And we're getting information from other sources and we're trying to parse it, not to say that the government is wrong or right or to say that, People or the sources are wrong or right, but I think that idea that we have to be more diligent about processing information that comes out, I feel, has been one of the biggest things. And you can't take any source at face value. You can't take every source at face value. Um, but the information is there, and more information is there. And and doing our due diligence as a public, I feel like, is one of those things that hopefully more people are starting to do. You know, you can't just trust it because it came on Facebook or somebody sent it to you in a feed, you have to look beyond and find your own meaning and find your own sources and, and come to the conclusions based on what you find. And, and hopefully people are doing that. I, I think, I think, we'll see. 2018 will bring us more news and more information. So we'll definitely be able to see how that's going to affect us all over the coming year. But it's about time for us to end. Thank you so much, Rosie. Thank you, Violet. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Objection to the Rule. We'll see you soon.